Hello, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 6, verses 22 through 31. So let's just get started. So this passage is titled, I Am the Bread of Life. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. So we're back at the side of the lake where Jesus fed the 5,000. Jesus isn't there though, as we saw in the last passage where he walked on water towards the disciples. And as we will see in the next verses, the crowd really was just interested to find Jesus because they saw him dismiss his disciples and they saw that he hadn't gotten in the boat with them. So the crowd really just thought he was there, but they were also interested and curious to find him because they remembered that they wanted to make him their political and social king against the Romans, and they wanted those superficial physical provisions of bread and food, which we will talk about. Verse 23 then says, Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So these people from the northwest shore heard what Jesus did, along with his other miracles, and they were wanting to see him. We not only see the rapidness of the spreading of the news, but also Jesus knew this, and though I do not know, I am making a guess that they would have tried to force him again to perform the miracles and become their king, because that's just human nature, and we want our desires to be fulfilled. And we saw that in the last passage. If we think today why many people become Christians, their desires are the fruits of Christianity. For example, a ticket to heaven, exemption from hell, healing, the myth that Christians are exempt from suffering and they want happiness and etc. But when you look at all of these things, they pale in comparison to knowing Christ himself. They're beautiful things, but they fail as our gods. Heaven is not heaven if not in the presence of the holy God. Hell is not hell if not for the wrath of a holy God. Healing is not healing if it were not according to God's will and purposes. A plan for a life fails if not in the fear of the Lord and seeking God's will first. We fall into this as the crowd. We want our desires to be fulfilled. Yet as Paul said in Philippians 3, all is garbage and Christ is gain. Jesus is the savior and the treasure. Because of him, we win him redeemed relationship with the holy god because of his grace to personally know him and for him to know us for eternity nothing will ever stand in comparison to that that the fruit of that only pushes you more towards god heaven is heaven and it's joyful because god is there hell isn't frightening because of the fire hell's frightening because there is no fellowship with the holy god we are meant and created to have fellowship with and because it's his judgment instead. Healing is a mere request, but it all falls under God's perfect will to be done. A plan for our lives has been ordained for him to be magnified, and all my security lies on him and in him. Suffering is an honor because all suffering is not meaningless, and we know that it testifies to who he is, and we are comforted by his compassion, not left to suffer on our own. And we share with the greater suffering of Christ, for he is our high priest and we can go boldly to the throne of grace. And joy cannot be found elsewhere if not in the living, 
holy God himself, who is love. It is not at all bad to praise God for his attributes or for the blessings he showers us with. Not at all. Instead, it is idolatry to seek these blessings and attributes over the enjoyment and desire of him and fellowship with him as God. I love these verses from the heart of worship. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I have made it. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. You guys, this comes at me every time because as human beings, what do we seek most? Sometimes it's not even that we're seeking things. We're just so distracted with other things. It happens to me so much. We get so incredibly distracted with the vanity of the world that we forget the true purpose of even worship. And yet God commands worship, not because of this idolizing or anything or because of vanity, but instead because it's what we're meant to do. It's what we're created for, to enjoy him, to seek him and love him in, in his word and know him. And yet we seek these other little gods that really aren't gods whatsoever. We make them like the golden calves and stuff and we worship them and really we just end up in judgment and falling apart and in sin. So that is exactly what it is. It's not neglecting fruits and attributes and blessings of the Savior, but praising him for them and seeking him in his word and in prayer for who he is. He's so gracious and we see that in the story of Israel. They constantly went back to these vain things and these idols and these pagan gods and we do it in our superficial things, in our vanity, in social media, in clothes, in sin against one another. And yet God was always pulling them towards him. And even more so, he gave his one and only son so that we might be transformed from the heart because this is a heart issue. And so that we might know him and enjoy him forever, the holy God, the all satisfying. That is the most gracious thing that he could ever do. So verse 24 says, so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but work for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe in you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. I find it funny because many of these people were most likely from the same crowd that had gotten fed by the bread and the fish that literally was created from nothing in front of our eyes. And yet their logic here, which honestly would have been the same with us, is that the miracle was only minuscule in comparison to their ancestors eating in the wilderness from Moses. So this will be a little bit of a long passage, but I want to give you guys as much context as I can. So let's turn to Exodus 16, 11 through 36. And that says, And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people from Israel. 
Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew laid around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord had given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer, according to the number of the persons to each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less, but they all measured it with an omer. Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat, and Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and the bread worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses had commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and it tasted of it like a wafers made from honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate manna for 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The crowd wanted to see Jesus outdo this. They wanted to see him feed the whole nation so that he might prove equality with God. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.